0: today. All right, let's get fired up. We're in week two, week two of our series Heartbreak Hotel. My name is Jeff, and I'm one of our pastors on staff, and let's real quick welcome all of our first-time guests, and let me give a quick shout-out. We've got a few guys that I've heard this week are watching from Afghanistan, so let's give a shout-out to our, to our military families who are watching. Glad to have you guys with us this morning. All right, real quick, the hat. So I've been asking, like, oh, why do you have the hat on? is your, your head get buzzed? Well, let me tell you what's happened. Uh, in the last week or so, the Murphy family have gone through some difficulties. Uh, I don't know if you've heard this, but there's sort of an epidemic of lice going around. And so this last week, I had to get my head shaved. And, um, and so my family all passed it on to your kids who are in the kids' ministry. And therefore, all of you right now have lice, and you do not know you have it. No, that's not true at all. Um, that's, that's not true. I don't have lice but I got my head shaved this last week because we had 357 kids at our high school and middle school youth ministry event. Yep, We had a lot of kids show up, and we had a little kind of fun dare that a couple of us would shave heads if we had a lot of kids show up for our student ministry event called Third Night, which is every third night of the month on a Sunday night, so we'll have that again coming up real soon, so hats off to all you guys that helped with that and made that a fun event. So Hey, so we are week two of our series. Heartbreak Hotel, and what we're really doing in this series is talking about relationships and how to get healthy in our relationships, or, la- or, or lack thereof, right, for some of us. Um, and so we're, we're, we're looking at how do we get off Lonely Street. Uh, we, we took this idea from a guy named Elvis Presley. You guys all know who that is. Uh, when he basically became a, 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 from a regional guy to a, a national superstar overnight with the song Heartbreak Hotel in 1956. So when we think about this, we think about the idea of how healthy or unhealthy some of our relationships are. Uh, I I want to attribute it to some extent that we got a lot of crazy messages in our culture, right? If you think about what's what's going on in all the airwaves, uh, all the messages that we get out there, uh, there, there's, there's, some, there's some complication in that. There's some struggle and challenges with the, the different message we, messages we get. In fact, uh, my family, we love to sing, we love to goof off, and a lot of times in the car we'll crank up whatever's on, and we're just, we'll be on a road trip and just singing as loud as we possibly can sing. On one, on one experience, I'm listening to a song and having all of us sing it in my truck, and you don't ever really consider as a parent the lyrics – until you hear your kids singing the song right anybody ever been there so all of a sudden i'm just singing along live and we're singing this song and we're singing baby i'm praying on you tonight hunt you down eat you alive just like animals animals and i'm like whoa wait a second whoa what's going on here i don't think this is about hunting all right i don't think we i think we're not going after animals i think we're talking about something else and then we're singing and 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 maybe you think that you can hide, I can smell your scent for miles, hello, <laughs> hello, right, I, I'm remembering the days where it was like, and the wheels on the bus go round and round, and I'm going, can we change the station all of a sudden, all of a sudden my daddy comes out, and I'm thinking, no, 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 we can't go there, and then if you think about this, um, <clears throat> we live in a culture today, where there are a lot of unhealthy messages flying around, lots of pressure to be in a relationship, lots of pressure to like have to have somebody, right? Got to have somebody to meet my needs, got to have somebody because if I don't, then maybe I'm, I'm not whole, maybe I'm not right. Maybe if I'm in a relationship and if it's not working right, maybe if it's broke, then I can't be whole because of that person or whatever sticky situation we got going on with you know some other friends of ours or wherever our kids are at or not at at the moment, how high and low. And all this, all this tension we find sometimes leads us, leads us to a, a place where we get scared. We get worried. And we kind of freak out a bit. And, and we, 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 we get to a place oftentimes we just don't know quite what to do. Uh, an old song uh, that was sung years ago says this, you're nobody until somebody loves you. And that's sort of the pressure that we feel. And the problem in our culture. And here's a simple truth that's to jump right in this conversation today. The truth is this. You don't need somebody to be somebody. You already are somebody because God says you are. The, the truth of the matter is you can't find your, 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 your identity, you can't find your value from anybody else. And that's not how our culture sets that up today. In fact, that's never how any culture set it up, right? I, I can think back to when I was a kid. We talked about, you know, heartbreak last week with kids and kids' notes and uh, talking about how you can get your heart broken you're a kid. We, we live in a culture today that really does say you can have your needs met. You can have your heart mended, You can have your sufficiency. You can find your significance in other people, through other people, and with other things. And that's just totally, totally incorrect. Most of you probably know this, right? Most of us have traveled down those roads before and got to a place and said, well, got there. That person wasn't perfect. We woke up the next morning. Gosh, they had bad breath. They're perfect. I'm, perf- I'm imperfect. They're imperfect. I'm imperfect. So what do we do, right? So all of us have traveled these roads before where we get to a place where we realize Man, that wasn't what I thought it would be. That's not what I thought it would give to me. That's not where I thought I would be in my heart and in my soul and spiritually where I'm at. So until you can rest in this idea, you'll continue to be frustrated because you're trying to find all of your needs being met through all these other avenues. Now, Jesus... He speaks clearly about this in the very first book of the New Testament. If you're uh, new to church, new to Bible study, uh, Jesus is, is, uh, is just jumping on a topic that, that talks about identity, that talks about value, talks about our value. And he speaks to us, and he wants us to clearly walk away with a clear-cut idea that will help us in every aspect of our life. So in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says this, this is why I tell you not to worry about, every, about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food? Like, like, we know that's an essential. So Jesus takes something that's very important and essential and kind of downplays it because he says, basically, I'm bigger than all that. I'm bigger than your greatest need. I'm bigger than your greatest problem. I'm bigger than the thing that you say and think sustains you, right? So he says, isn't life more than food and isn't your body more than clothing he's kind of going into a comparison he says look at the birds don't they don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them aren't you far more what valuable, valuable. say that with me aren't you far more valuable to him than they are so he sets up this idea that basically sets the table To help us get to a place that we've got to really deeply, not intellectually, but in our souls, understand you are valued by God. You are valued by God. God declares to us when he puts a human being on this planet. Because he knows us prior to birth. When he puts us on this planet, he puts you here with intention, with purpose. He declares we have value to him. As a father looks at his kids when they are born. They just look at the kids like, oh, my gosh, this is my baby. This is my child. As a mother looks at their child, and she says, this is mine. That's what God does to us. He declares and says to us from the moment we are, our, our, our feet hit this planet, you are valuable to me. And then he asks this question, can all your worries, I mean, just think about all the things we worry about, right? And Anybody ever laid up in bed at night? and worried, right, the alarm goes off, or a dog makes a noise, or something falls in your house, and you're like, oh, what was that? And you lay there, and all of a sudden, you're like, hey, I wonder if the oven got shut off correctly. I wonder if we locked the doors. Uh, you know what? I wonder if I have a job tomorrow. And then all of a sudden, you, you're, your mind's just going, and all of a sudden, you wind up, like, having the worst night because you're just, like, if you're fearful for no reason. You just kind of started in track. Jesus asked this question, can all your worries... Add a single moment to your life, and I think everybody would say no, right? Worrying, in fact, can probably subtract years off your life, right? But how often, uh, how often do you worry? How often do many of us, because potentially we could be sort of unsatisfied, feeling less significant, because we're searching for value, we're searching for, am I important? Am I somebody? And when that happens, most of us find ourselves on Lonely Street in a place where it's not all that healthy. And so I want to give you a couple things today. I'm going to give you three thoughts today that I I just really see that God wants us to walk away having that we see in Scripture. First one is this. In your notes, we've got to rest in your value. I want us, I want me, I want all of us to rest in our value, rest in your value. Rest in the value that God already declares you have. Rest in the value that God already de- declares you have. If you already know God's declared you to be valuable, then you won't necessarily need to find value from somebody else. Now, we just it's just sort of innately in us that we want to find something to fill our hearts, right? There's this hole that we've got to get filled, and it, we think we can fill it all these other places, but it cannot be filled apart from Our dad, our heavenly father. Now, as dads, we get this, right? Dads, we get this, especially when all of a sudden you have teenagers and boys want to date your daughters, right? Uh, I I tracked uh, down a a buddy of mine, Pastor David Hughes, and I stole uh, something he wrote a few years back. Uh, He said these are his five top rules to date my daughter, so I've adopted these, all right? So the top five rules to date my daughter, number one is this. If you roll up in my house and honk, you better be delivering a package because you won't be picking anything up. Uh, another uh, rule for dating my daughter: if you uh, you will come to the door, uh, you will come to the door and meet me in the hour that. Okay, when you show up and you come to the door, meet me in the hour that my daughter gets ready. Uh, we will we'll have a conversation. Topics will include church, your spiritual life, your grades your future plans, my gun collection, and sports. You will not mumble, fidget, hide behind your iPhone, play video games, text, tweet, squirm, scratch, or pick anything. If this is too difficult for you, you may spend your time waiting by washing my car in the driveway. Number three, if uh, you want to date my daughter, if you date my daughter, do not wear your underwear showing six inches above your oversized pants. If that's your sense of fashion, fine. I'm not concerned about fashion, but function. My concern is if those baggy pants might slip off your skinny butt and no one's taking off their pants on a date with my daughter. (laughs) Number four, bring my daughter home on time, and I mean early. Number five, the Bible says sex is reserved exclusively for marriage. The world says sex is no big deal. Just use protection so you won't get hurt. But, bro, if you disregard my rules, there will be no protection from the hurt reserved exclusively for you. <laughs> all right. So, all right. Thanks, David, for that. That just helps us in my household. So, uh, here's the deal there's an inherent value that dads have for their daughters. From the time that she enters into the family's life, th- there's just, I have a love. Dads, we have a love for our girls, for our daughters. It's there. It's there before any boy shows up to the house, before anybody drives up in the driveway. We were there first adding value to that person. We love our daughters. So we get that. So here's the thing. When it comes to spiritual, the, the spiritual conversation, when it comes to us as men and women, we've got to understand this. Your relationship status, our relationship status does not determine your value. Whether you're in a relationship or you're not. Whether you're in a relationship and it's not working good or not. Your relationship status does not determine your value. Your relationship with God does. Whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you're divorced, whether you're struggling, whether you're hurting, your value is determined by God and who He is in your life. So essentially, the closer you are to God, the more value you will experience. The further you are from God, the the less value and significance you're going to experience. The further you are away from God, the more you will struggle. But haven't we all been on those roads before that ended up in the beginning, we thought, I'll get significance, I'll find hope, I'll feel good, this is what's going to give me love. This is what will give me security. And we've been down those roads before. When we get to those places, we're like, ah, uh, she's not bringing to my life and my heart what I thought it would bring. He's not bringing because we put so much pressure on relationships that people cannot keep. We said that last week. We talked about Christy and I's relationship and how important we are to each other, but we can't really meet each other's needs. It's kind of like a, a big cake with icing, all right? Christy might can be some icing on my cake, but she can't be the cake. Only God can be that for me. Those of you guys that, guys that bake, you guys get that, right? Um, so here's the thing. Some of us are single here today, right? We've got a lot of single people in our church, a lot, a lot of young people in our church. So some of you are single. Let me just say that singleness isn't a stigma. It's an opportunity, right? If you're in a place where you're, like, single, I would say, hey, that's awesome, It could be that in this moment, God wants to leverage this to lead you closer to himself. Let me just tell you some cool stuff about singles. Research shows this. It says that single people are healthier than married people, right? Uh, You have more time and motivation to hit the gym and to eat better, right? So single people are oftentimes, on average, healthier. Uh, On average, it says two out of three people who got into a relationship gained 14 pounds, so single people are skinnier; they're healthier, right? Number three: if you're single, single people carried less debt on average than married people, than people in relationships did. All right. Well, the married people are starting to squirm all of a sudden. Maybe we need to get our acts together, right? Maybe we need to work on things a little bit. All right. Uh, here's another one: single people were recorded that they carry less stress than those in relationships. Single people uh, tend to travel more and also spend less time on household chores. So here's the thing. If you're single, could it be that God's leveraging this in your life as an opportunity for you to grow closer to him, for you to get to know him more, to serve him more, maybe even break some, some habits in your life, maybe to make some improvements, maybe there to be some, some self-reflection uh, on saying, God, where do you want me to go? Right now, I've got this moment. I've got this time. Maybe, God, it's going to be, maybe this is what you want for me. But, God, how do I get things right with you? So it's an opportunity to get things connected to God. Now, let me just say this because I know what you're thinking. Wow, does that mean marriage is bad? No, not at all. Marriage is a blessing, right? God's allowed us to be in relationships. God was like, good, I, I put an Adam and Eve on the earth to model it, right? So it doesn't mean marriage is bad. Marriage is a blessing, but apparently it makes you fat, puts you in debt, and keeps you from traveling. Okay? But here's the truth. Here's the truth. Both dating and marriage, wherever you're at or somewhere in between, both dating and marriage are not the source of your significance in your life. They can't be, it will never be. God is the source of your significance you cannot find significance apart from a deepening growing relationship with your heavenly father now listen I, I know intellectually we're hearing this right but 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 if this can ever get beyond here to here i'm telling you your life will be transformed all of us struggle with this everybody does i don't care if you think you're the most secure person in the world. There's not a person in this room that wasn't raised by imperfect people. Right? Did Anybody have a perfect dad? I, I, I really would say my dad was about as good as any human man could ever have been. But I have daddy wounds. All of us do. So we were raised by imperfect people. We're imperfect ourselves. Some of you are in imperfect relationships. Well, if you're in a relationship, it is imperfect. Right? We live in a fallen broken world. But that doesn't mean, oh, wow, doom for us because we're human beings. No. I think the entire story that's being written is God looking down on humanity, showing up in form of Jesus on the earth, modeling to us, I love you. I want to know you. I want all your satisfaction to be found in me. God set it up. This is crazy. God set it up that anything apart from him would run to a place of being deficient. We cannot be fulfilled apart from a deep connection with Christ. So rest in your value. Rest in your value. That's in your notes. Rest in your value. Rest in your value that God has for you. The second thing I want to give you is this today. Trust in your security. Trust in your security. Matthew goes on to say this in chapter 6, or Jesus goes on to say this in the, the gospel of Matthew. He says this, And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. We're like, duh, we know that. But God's just making a point here. It's like he's driving a point home. They don't make their clothing, so who does? God does. Yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not, as, not, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. Meaning that God can take care of anything. Look how he's taking care of the flowers, where he's essentially saying they aren't, they aren't valuable to me. You are. You're valuable. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, just proving my point again, he will certainly care for you. I mean, doesn't that help? Like when you lay up a bed at night and you're, like, worried about everything, and God's like, I care about you. I care about you. I, I I do not want you to think for one moment I have not forgotten you or I do not care about you. I do. He will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Why? Why is our faith struggle? Well, if our faith is struggling, chances are we could be distantly connected to our Father in trying to find our significance somewhere else. We all do it. I mean, all of us have some level of security. We're looking for somebody else to give us some level of value. God's like, I got your value. I got the care. I got the whole package. Lean into me. He says, trust in your, your security. So, when we get so focused on all the stuff on the outside, you know, our physical appearance, how we look, how, we, how other people perceive us, how we think they perceive us, when we get lost on everything on the outside, what can happen to us? We get worried. We get fearful. We get nervous. We start feeling insecure. We start questioning things, right? We start getting worried about what's going on around us. Um, Guys, do you know that women look at themselves an average of 16 times a day? 16 times a day, it's a lot. But here's here's what's funny. Men look at themselves on average 23 times a day. When I said the first one about the women, all the guys were kind of like, I saw all the men like, I'm scared to look at her, but I'm going to go, 16 times, 23 times for us, fellas, check this out, women look at things and focus on what they don't like, men look at things and admire what they do like, Men, here's the, here, we just flip-flop from like being insecure to pride, that's all we do, that's all we do, I mean, we're like, man, I'm getting fat, I suck it up, but I still can hold it, oh, God, help me, Right? Right? I mean, men are like, oh, yeah, I got the guns. And you let go, and you're like, oh, wow, it's kind of chubby when I'm not. Okay? So here's the thing. Self-image is found in his image. Our self-image, our true selves, our best selves are found when we are in close proximity relationship with the God who made us. I mean, it only makes sense. It only makes sense that if God put human beings on this planet and then many years later, after we kind of botched things up, he dropped his son himself, God and Abad, on this planet to say to us, you're my kids. I love you. I want to I solve the riddle and the mystery of, of significance in your life. If there ever was a discussion of do I love you, are you valuable to me, Check out Jesus, check out what my Son willingly did for you. Scripture says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, right? Whoa, seriously, you love me, you have that much value for me that you would you would you would taste death for us. Wow, wow, are we valuable to God God's like. Everything you're searching for is found in me. Wow. Um, A week and a half, two weeks ago, I had my most embarrassing moment happen. I'm kind of embarrassed to tell you about it. It's a sort of a self-image thing. I held back for a couple weeks. Usually I'm like, it happens, I say it, right? It's another problem I have. Um, And all my guys who went with me in this experience, like, when are you going to tell that story? I'm like, I don't know if I want to tell it. It's embarrassing. I'm an idiot. I did some something really stupid, right? So we are at the Trade Center a couple weeks ago at a gun show. Not these guns, all right? It's terrible. All right. Um, not, not, not a gun show. Trade show, downtown, old guns, new guns, you know, all types of firearms, you know, historic stuff, all kind of cool knives and anything like man-made cool stuff, and ladies love it too. Uh, and this place is full of thousands of men, right? Downtown Trade Center. A bunch of us guys are hanging out, a bunch of you guys here with me. And I uh, got sons with us. And so we're, we show up looking at all the cool stuff. Our eyes get uh, enamored with this table, and there's tables everywhere. Of a guy who's showcasing all their like um, taser guns, like, meh, nah, and just like awesome. You just got zapper, and, like, oh, wow, it just gives me like, ooh, that'd be awesome. And uh, we're like, hey, can I, can I, like, take it real quick and just zap my buddy? And they're like, No, you can't do that. And so he's talking about that and showcasing, like, a really cool, new, awesome pepper spray gun. <laughs> so he's talking about all these pepper spray, spray guns, right? And this pe- new pepper spray gun is like a $400 pepper spray gun. It's like the quintessential... Pepper spray gun of all times. The kind of gun that like now police officers are using, it comes out going 400 miles an hour, shoots a stream like 30 or 40 yards, and they say if it gets on your skin, I mean it's going to sting really, really bad, but they say if it gets in your eyes, it literally will burn your eyeball out. And it's, it's happening, and so there's some lawsuits even going on because of this. And so this guy is like, here, check it out. So we're looking at this, wow, awesome. And uh, it comes with big, these huge CO2 canisters, one on each side, right? It's not loaded, we're talking about it. And, um, we go, so this could be something for our wives, right, if they want to have something maybe for protection, if they're out there. He's like, yeah, it'd be great for your wives. Of course, he's trying to sell us on it. He's telling us how, like, you can even buy a holster for it. And he's, like, playing, like, G.I. Joe and, like, whipping out, like, bro, chill out. He's, like, really trying to sell us hard, like, you know, like, what, 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 pepper spray. Come on. He's, like, it's really psycho. Uh, so we're kind of having fun talking with this guy. We're not really mocking him. We're just kind of laughing with him. And, um. So one of the questions was asked, could our, could our wives pull the trigger? Because it felt like it was a really hard trigger pull, right? Some of you guys, military guys, like, like a 10-pound plus, 12-pound, like whatever she could pull. So I'm holding it, right? Wow, click, click, click. I don't know. It's pretty tough. So I let my, my son hold it, and this guy's like, yeah, everybody hold it, pull it. JD pulls it, no problem. I'm like, yep, yeah, Christy probably could pull it. So I set it down. So in about 35, 40 seconds goes by. He's demonstrating, he's talking about it. One of our military guys who's in our church shows up with his son, and he's with us. He's like, hey, but can my wife pull the trigger? So in that amount of time, I reach back, I pick it up, and I go, oh, no problem. She can pull it. And I shoot the guy in the gut. Well, all of a sudden, it's like, I mean, just everything happens like 100 miles an hour. One, he doubles over, and he goes, you shot me! You shot me! You shot me! Oh, He's, like, hurting. So 400 miles an hour hit him in the gut. Well, somehow I picked it up with my my left hand, my right hand, but I was holding it like this, and it went through my pinky. And so, like, my pinky's on fire. It's, like, numb. There's red juice dripping down my arm. I'm like, ah, that burns. Wow, wow, okay. Pepper spray. I know what that's like. And all of a sudden, like, thousands of men, gone. Just, like, everybody's gone except for me and this guy. And everybody's watching us everybody. I look around. Where are my friends? No one's around, just me, okay? One day I'll tell this story. We'll talk about loyalty, okay? Friendship. My friends stick closer than a brother, okay? So that's not the point of this, right? So all of a sudden, I'm going, oh my gosh, what have I done? He's going, you shot me. I'm like, it's loaded. You shot me. It's loaded. He's like, you shot me. How did it get loaded, right? We're back and forth, and then I'm just like, Dude, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's like, man, I'm going to get kicked out. This happened last weekend. Somebody else shot me. (laughs) I'm like, this is a prank, right? It wasn't a prank. So he's wiping red stuff off. It's like this red juice that's dripping down. There's like a cloud of smoke that's getting bigger, and everybody's (coughs) coughing. My throat starts like, I can't talk anymore. But I'm like, dude, I'll check back in with just a minute with you, right? I'll check back in. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. He's cleaning it up. He's like, they're going to kick me out. So I back up. I'm kind of just wanting to disappear at this point. So I'm, I'm like trying to blend into the crowd. I've got like a camo, Under Armour hat on. I've got like my, I've got my man attire on, right, you know, like you do it. You guys know. So I got my man attire on. I'm trying to disappear in the crowd. So finally I get like, where, where are my friends? Where's my son, right? So I, I get myself, and I'm like, where are you guys at? And they're just, you can hear all the laughter like, you're an idiot. Where are you at? We're not telling you. <laughs> so this goes on like I call him for five minutes, and I'm wandering around, and they're like hiding. So here's the here's the moral of the story. Uh, we finally we finally all pull back together, and like Murph, it wasn't your fault. I mean, the guy was was trying to showcase how he could draw it, and sometime during that time, he loaded it. But my son was there. Now, I want to be super dad to my son, and you knows where, where I'm going with this, dad, and my son knows, the, he knows the rules, it doesn't matter if it's a play gun, you don't pick it up, I mean, we shoot, like, you know, the uh, Nerf guns at each other, but like, we're like, hey, we don't pick up anything and point at, e- at anybody, so my buddies are saying, hey, Murph, it's not your problem, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and JD's wanting to defend me, and we're all having a conversation around lunch, but he says, but my daddy said we don't ever point a gun at anyone anyways, right? You don't ever point a gun, you don't ever pull a shirt because you never know if it's loaded, right? So great, wonderful lesson. But here, here's, here's, here's where my rub came in. You know what I was most worried about was my self-image, right? What would you guys think? What would my son think? That was the biggest one. What would my buddies think, right? So I mean, it was, a, it was like the most embarrassing moment. Like all week long, I've run into people who were there who know me, Right, I had some people that were working at table, two tables over, that said they saw me walk over, and I thought I was totally incognito by this point. I walked over, and all that red juice was running into my arm. They got these big wooden pylon, you know, wood things that hold up the Trade Center. All I got over there, and I'm like rubbing my arm like, ah, it burns, ah, ah, ah. And so they're like, you know, when you did that, it caused us, like, we had to move our whole display case that the rest of the day. We were all coughing. I'm like, Sorry. I mean, I'm just like, I am a loser, right? And so all, you know what that all is about? What, do, what will other people think of me, right? right? Don't we get consumed sometimes with what other people think, right? I'm a pretty secure guy, right? I really am. I, I'm fairly secure. I'm, I'm okay with people disliking me, liking me. I mean, that's kind of part of the nature of even being, a, being in this kind of role as a pastor. But I'm telling you what, all of us, all of us want to be loved, all of us need to be valued. All of us want to have significance. And here's the point of this whole this whole message. We can't find it apart from Jesus. Nobody can be that for you. Nobody can fill your security tank. Now, now listen, D- don't, don't not encourage your spouse. Don't not uh, try to... Build up your kids. Don't not try to add value to them. In fact, we should. In fact, let me just pause here for a moment and let me just say, for years we've had friends go to parties and have a, a, another couple in that group that when we break up and, you know, it's no longer like the, the couple's together. It's kind of like you've got the guys going over here and the girls over here. And we'll have that guy that will be dogging his wife out. And his wife will be over with the ladies and she'll be dogging him out. Listen, listen, stop it. We should be adding, we should be sensing the value that God has declared over our spouse and says, that's my child, they have value. We should be fanning that flame. We should be complimenting rather than condemning, right? We should be encouraging rather than placing blame. Uh, I've had a a really good friend of mine uh, several years back just go through a really rocky time with his father, both adult men. One's a granddad, Right? But they both had daddy wounds and got into this like heated, you know, I'm mad at you about this and I'm mad at you about this over a period of time. Where they parted ways? Like that's the worst, that's the dumbest thing ever. You're both flawed. Get over it, right? Quit condemning each other and start complimenting each other. We should be, I'm getting off on a tangent, but we should be the most We should be the most gifted people at pointing out people's giftedness. We we should be constantly pointing out how God has valued the people who we're in relationship with, right? That's the role of the church. That's the role of believers. So here's the thing. Um, You don't need somebody to be somebody. You can't find your value outside of, the value God has already been declaring about you, we've just got to start stepping into that. We've got to start recognizing how much He cares for us, not intellectually, but in our hearts. Last thing I want to give you is this. We've got to seek everything in God. We've got to seek everything in God, right? Let me show you what I mean. Matthew 6, 31 says this. So don't worry about these things. He kind of goes back in the same part of the conversation. So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat Goes back to like the rudimentary fundamentals of life: food, water, our specific needs. Saying what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? Right, self-image. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows your needs. Again, just pointing out the fact that I care about you deeply. And he says, basically, you know how to solve that. You know know how to work through worry? You know how to work through fear? You know how to work through this emptiness that you're finding? You want to know how to get off Lonely Street? Want to know how to get out of Heartbreak Hotel and get beyond that so you can have healthy relationships and not have expectations so high that nobody can meet them? Here's how you do it. He says, seek the kingdom of God above all else. And live righteously. And he will do what? He will give you, come on, help me out. He will give you everything you need. Holy moly, that's unbelievable. Is that not crazy? So, I'm struggling in my marriage. Man, it's rocky. I don't know how to fix it. I can't fix her. I can't even fix me. What does God say? Seek the kingdom of God first above all else, and He'll give you everything you need. See, we're constantly going elsewhere to solve it. We're constantly going elsewhere to try to improve it. We're constantly going elsewhere to try to fix this. And Jesus is saying, no, no, turn it back to me. Turn it all back to me. Your source of strength, your hope for tomorrow, your hope for the relationships is all found in me. Identity, your identity, your lack of identity, your lack of security, find it in me. I'm not going to ask you for, to raise your hands. I already know if I pinned you down and had a conversation, you would admit there's a lack of self-security in you. No, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm a man. I, I, I'm like the stud guy. No, no, no. You have some deficiencies, bro. <laughs> you may not recognize them, but everybody else does. And that struggle, honestly, God left it there so you could run up against a wall called deficiency for the point of dependency. God wants us to get to a place where we recognize, I need him. And when we do that, oh my gosh, then all of a sudden our hearts, they beat with love and value and we can quit making poor decisions that try to fill that void apart from God. And we wind up on Lonely street and doing dumb, set, dumb things. We're like, that was a really insecure move. I, I, I was really focused way on myself. Sorry about that in this relationship. I was making it all about me. Right? So you're, you're struggling with your kids. They won't act right. You can't parent right. What does Jesus say? He says, seek the kingdom of a God above all else. And he will give you everything you need. My dad uh, is one of the most amazing men I know, and I'll cry in a heartbeat over my pops because I love them so much. My dad was 20 years old when his dad died, much like my story, crazy enough, right? Uh, His dad died when he was 20, Um, got married to my mom, 19, something like that. They were both, my mom and my dad, by the way, were both born on the same day, at different hospitals but had the same doctor oddly enough met met in high school became high school sweethearts married so my dad my dad's dad dies he takes over his dad's business lots of highs and lows running a company and you know raising kids just like everybody else money there money not you know just life right the highs and lows, deals with, you know, some struggles with uh, his brother and the family and like drugs and you know, helping family. I mean, just lots of, you know, life issues like we all deal with, right? Lo and behold, uh, my dad's married 25 years to my mom right after their 25th anniversary, which we threw as kids. My mom dies. My dad loses his number one, right? And so, Three years later, my dad marries, got an incredible stepmom, but now he's in a blended family. Right now, now he's like, whoa, I didn't bargain for this. Highs, lows, work, figuring it out, struggle, tension, marriage, you know, still raising kids, trying to you know, solve the riddles of, you know, being, being a dad. My dad's now 72 years old. He's now had 51 years of marriage, and I want to say it to us, well, I applaud that in your dad, but that doesn't always work out that way, right? The, the, no, we, don't, we don't always end up with those nice I applauded stories. But let me just say this. If you have any hope of having, like, spiritual joy, if you have any hope of having, like, like, deep spiritual hope and, like, real satisfaction, real purpose and have any hope of, like, going the distance and making whatever you're at work and sticking it out, it will only be through your relationship with Jesus. Why? Because he's a dad. And he set this all up to say, you are my children. Not some cosmic God, but a relatable, real, relational Jesus, God in a body, who existed to bring us salvation, to to, to bring us hope, to bring us a future, to bring us joy on this planet, and to have salvation through him for all of eternity. So here's my hope today. I want to end this and just offer up two options. Some of you today need to bow the knee and say, I need Jesus. I need salvation. I need forgiveness. And I'm on Lonely Street. Man, I, I I need I need a savior. I need I need him to be my my dad, right? Because I got wounds from dad, my own daddy, right? My own mom. And some of us today, another side of this, you, you already got God. But you but you're but you're still leaning on other stuff. You still have other crutches, right? You have other crutches. She's your crutch, he's your crutch, that's your crutch. Your intellect's your crutch. We make a lot of stuff our crutches. Crutches don't work. Nobody wants to crutch around very long, right? God wants to redeem that. He wants to solve it. He wants to help. He wants to be your hope and your satisfaction. So I would offer this up today. Let your next spiritual step to be, be a prayer and say, God, take me where you want me to go. I'll say yes to wherever you lead me. God. Just tell me what, and I'm in. Wherever it is. Where, where, maybe, it's, maybe it's to, 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 to sift through some, some problems and have a conversation and forgive somebody. Maybe it's, to, maybe it's to walk in a relationship. Maybe it's to get out of, of an unhealthy one. I'm not saying this to the married folks, right? Not necessarily, <laughs> all right? But wherever you're at, God wants you to, to take a step towards him. So I want to bow our heads. I want to pray. Close this out. And offering up an opportunity for those of you who would say, I, I need a savior today. And I'm on Lonely Street, and I want to make Jesus the leader and forgiver of my life. So I'm gonna pray with you. And 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 last hour we had several, several, several people that made Jesus the leader and forgiver of their life. And maybe that's where you're at today. So pray with me. If you are if you're if you're asking God for salvation, pray with me. God in heaven, I want to say that I I I, I recognize. That I'm kind of alone right now. I've been trying to. I've been trying to get rescued, and have my life needs met by other things and other people. And God, I'm I'm empty, and I'm I've, I've really gone nowhere. So Lord in heaven, right now, would you come into my heart? Would you save me from my sins? And I'm asking you right now in this moment to be the leader and the forgiver of my life. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, let me just say this. If you just pray and ask Jesus to be your Lord and your Savior, Scripture says this, if we confess with our mouths, believe in our hearts, Jesus is Lord, Scripture says you, you will be saved. And that just means heaven got a little more crowded today for some, for some of us. So with all had, every head bowed to me, I closed. Let me just say this. I would love to know uh, who prayed that prayer this morning. And, and if that's you, would you just raise your hand and just say, Jeff, that was me, Yes. Yes, 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 yes. 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 All over the room. All over the room. God's working and I'm so pr- I'm so proud of what he's doing. God, we love you. God, we celebrate the fact that you move, you work, you touch hearts and God, I pray for those that, that are starting a new new relationship with th- with you today. God, I pray that they would they would just start they would just jump in with two feet. They would jump in with two feet and just start allowing you to lead us and saying yes to your leadership in our lives. Lord, thank you for being with us today. God, we, 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 we close this out by just understanding and recognizing that you are God, we are not, and we need you. Thank you for the time we've had in your precious name we pray. And everybody said amen.